Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back to another amazing and awesome episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Yes, I flipped that around today, just because, I, I don't know why, I just felt like it, Carson. Sounds like something I might do, just for no reason, right? Yeah, you got to change things up. I think Mark actually has a couple of changes that he'd like to make to our intro as well. After I made him hear 100 so episodes, he said, I think it's time to change it up. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think all of our listeners probably want us to change it up too. So that is coming pretty soon, by the way. We're still trying to finalize uh, what we want as our new intro. So we're going to have a new intro, new outro, and we're going to have a whole new little setup. Don't worry. They're still going to be 20 to 30 minutes long, kind of the same format overall, but we're going to we're gonna change it up and... Maybe we can have some great like intro music or something like bump, 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 and really sound like it gets us like hyped up. You know, what do you think, Carson? Then we can take away the applause button from Brandon. No, no one takes away the applause button for me. <laughs> All right, I'll stop there. <laughs> so, and, and I like my laughing button. Don't get rid of my laughing button either. I love to keep two. All right, I digress. Today, we are actually going to discuss an entirely different aspect of aviation, and it's one that, believe it or not, I have quite a few, I don't know, miniature connections to, and uh, Carson, I think, think maybe you do too, or at least some people that you know at least do. But today, we're going to talk about drones, all sorts of types of drones, and we're even going to try to hopefully maybe settle the debate of whether a drone pilot's a real pilot or not. So we'll see if that pops up into this for all of you, real pilots and drone pilots, and maybe the same thing, maybe not. We'll see. Let's see what our uh, our opinions are on that today. Well, drones, you know, they're they're really popular and they're known as unmanned aerial vehicles or UAVs. And it's just an aircraft doesn't have a human pilot on board, which sounds crazy, especially after we talked about a couple of weeks ago, automation in the cockpit, right, Brian? Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, when I hear drone, though, I think of the little thing I go fly, like the remote control helicopter in the backyard. Is that not what we're talking about today? We're talking about something different? Yeah, we're talking about a different kind of drone. Well, we're talking about those, but you know. Those are those are actually when they started out. Yeah, I kind of remember when drones just came in like those little remote control versions and they had that little handheld controller and antenna and uh, like the helicopter ones. I remember the first one I ever got, I think it was AutoZone. It was just impulse buy with my dad. And the best I could ever get to do was just get that little helicopter a couple of feet off the ground for it just crash. flip over and crash into the ground. Yeah, break right away. Yeah, you know what's funny about drones though? I actually have a, a distinct memory the first time I remember drones being used commercially wasn't from like predator drones or anything like military. It was from the TV show Gold Rush, believe it or not. I used to watch, I used to be an avid Gold Rush like watcher. Like you don't even know this about me. You should see Carson's face right now. He's looking at me like, what? You liked Gold Rush? Yeah, I even went like, I, I got gold pans and all sorts of like crazy things. I wanted to get all into gold panning. Uh, by the way, I went to bought the gold pan and I used it one time and I was like, oh, I'm never going to use this ever again. I was like, oh, I'm going to get rich off the sand. <laughs> nope, didn't happen. <laughs> but I digress again. Here we are as pilots doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. About, about Gold Rush. Okay. So the reason why I was on, I, I remember uh, drones with Gold Rush because Gold Rush was one of the first TV shows that used drones for like live action shots, uh, believe it or not. And I remember them like crashing the drones and they did an episode about them trying to utilize the drones for filming because it was such a new kind of technology back then. And, uh, and now that you people can't even film anything without a drone i mean you can't even go film like something in your backyard without a drone now drones are used for everything i mean you they even use them to 
take videos and, and pictures of houses that you're in. If you want to buy a house halfway across the country like I am, then you can watch a drone video on the entire thing. It's pretty cool. Well, they're easy to use. You know, they can be controlled remotely and fly autonomously even with software controlled flight plans. And they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. And like Brian said, they have a ton of different purposes. Um, they can do everything from that recreational photography to commercial surveying um, and even military operations. You know, those are really cool ones that we think of. So Brandon, you know, especially since you've been around forever. <laughs> Thanks, Carson. My, my, of course, I get my 14 and a half or 15 years on you just uh, totally makes it so I'm ancient. I know that I have to shave my face now to get rid of my gray beard, but uh, come on. <laughs> That's just stress. It's okay. But yeah, since you've been around drones. You know why it's stress? Because you in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. And I don't have any stress. Leave my hair, no grays. I'm good. But it's probably because I'm 21. Anyway, can you explain some of the history of the drones and uh, when they became so popular? Yeah, absolutely. The concept of drones uh, date back to the earlier earliest see i can't even speak today the early 20th century uh for military purposes but it wasn't until the last few decades that we saw a significant uh shift in the way that they're being used uh initially they were developed for reconnaissance and combat uh, but drones now have permeated into commercial and uh, consumer markets uh, revolutionizing photography filmmaking agriculture and the part that i'm kind of most intrigued with is package delivery i mean that one is pretty rad and i've even seen to be honest, what I think is pretty cool, even though I hate Domino's pizza, Domino's is delivering pizzas with uh, with drones. Uh, so that's pretty neat, actually. I mean, there's hot food delivery. So what would you rather see? One of those little robots going down the street or there's a drone flying at 300 feet and then into your backyard and it delivers your pizza for you. By the way, sound effect by Brandon on that last one. And even artificial. <laughs> well, I, think, I think I'm a little biased, but I would definitely rather see uh, see a drone. And I think it's pretty crazy that these drones are so accurate and a lot more accurate than I ever was with my little antenna and, uh, and little radio controlled ones. But how do these things work? I mean, before I get into how they work, have you seen the places that don't allow fireworks and what they're doing now with the drone displays? The drone shows. Yeah. The drone shows. They put 500 or 1,000 of these drones and they make these like crazy things in the sky. It is absolutely bonkers on what these drones can do. I would love to meet somebody and bring them on the show to talk about how they set that up because that's all like computer programming. And then I'm wondering how many break like in the middle of that, like do they hit each other ever? I mean, that's pretty cool. How do they land them all? I think they, they put them in stations. Like they start in stations and land in stations. If, but I'm not positive on that, but I'm pretty sure they start and land in, in pre-made stations, which are pretty cool. But how do they work now? Typical drone comprises of several key components, Carson. Number one, the frame which holds everything together, uh, the propulsion system, which and usually consisting of some type of motor and propellers, but I've seen jet ones before, so not just propellers. And those obviously provide lift, just like an airplane or helicopter. Uh, they have a battery. Some of them even has gas power, uh, which powers it, and a controller, which the pilots use to maneuver the drone, obviously. Uh, you, there's different types of controllers, too. I mean, we've seen all the ones they have, but I've seen full setups where they look like they're in a 737-like room, and that's what they use. Uh, to control the drone. It looks like a full cockpit, but just kernel, right? Um, and then they usually have a camera on them for capturing images or video or something like that. So these components work in unison to control the drone's flight and functionality. 
with the help of the of the drone pilot obviously i think we went to um was it sun and fun where they had the had the drones on display they had that that reaper drone do you remember that uh, did they have a reaper drone on just like on the ground display or was it like hanging i think so no it was it was on the ground uh it was over in the grass area by all the warbirds and they had the actual like mobile command station that they fly it out of um then they had the huge radar dish that that sends a signal to it that's cool it was crazy to see that i did not see that yeah i was like i was like how how do they let anyone close to this (laughs) it's it was crazy you got to go inside and see their control station and how they fly it it was nuts it was it was so cool to see that wow that's pretty that's yeah that was definitely bigger than the little rc drones yeah just slightly it's only as big as like a small airplane probably weighs more too yeah <laughs> no that thing was nothing was huge yeah i definitely thought they were going to be a little bit bigger but it was definitely bigger than i expected anyway but what have you seen these drones used for aside from really really cool reaper drones and predator drones i mean drones like we've kind of talked about drones range from small the handheld models i mean i've even they even have nano like little baby ones now I don't know if they're actually nano size but they're like super tiny like the size of a fly and the military can use those and handheld models and then larger more sophisticated ones like the reaper drone like we were talking about or some of the big military applications that are as big as an airplane there was even a drone that went to space like a space drone i don't know if you can look it up on your computer i can't pull it up on mine right now but there's even a drone that went to space and it stayed out up there for like over a year or something so it's like space drones now that sounds pretty cool. I mean, obviously, they've had like spacecraft that have landed on other planets like Mars. But I mean, there's like space drones, and then they come back and land. Pretty cool. Uh, so consumer drones are really popular, though, for photography and videography. Uh, they allow users to, to capture some crazy stunning aerial shots, like ones of those houses that I was talking about. Uh, but commercial drones have broader applications, including surveying land, inspecting infrastructure, aiding in agriculture, like we were talking about even participating in what I think is absolutely awesome racing leagues or e- like esport type of stuff. So it's pretty cool stuff. If you've ever seen those FPV, I think FP first person view drones. I think that's how you say it. Um, and these, these drones are going so fast. Like I don't even know how they are keeping up with these like obstacles they're going through. They're going through little like one foot obstacles and, and absolutely destroying things. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw that, um, I had no idea what was going on because, you know, drones weren't a huge thing. And I was like, people are racing these drones? And they, they cut to, you know, that camera footage, not from the drone. And just you see these drones just zoom by as fast as they can. So it's crazy to see what people can do with it. And I was just talking to Jessica a couple hours ago, works for Stratus. And we we're talking about what they do with the crops in agriculture. And apparently they use drones now uh, to go and fly over the crops to make sure they're growing the right kind of crops for uh, agriculture exemptions. So I thought that was crazy. Yeah. And I've even, I've even seen those, they have sprayers attached to them too. I've seen them spray yeah, uh, like pesticides and weed killers and things. I've seen them spray those. So, I mean, I mean, it's a lot safer for, you know, pilots. It is. Ag pilots are crazy. I mean, ag pilots are crazy. <laughs> they're a special kind of crazy and I like it. I would totally be an ag pilot. It seems like so much fun. Um, I know that Stratus started uh, financing, I think, two or three different ag pilot schools uh, across the U.S. And I don't know the, all the names of them off my top of my head, but, uh, but they're all high quality. So check them out. If you're looking to become an ag pilot, they can get you from like zero to hero in ag pilot world, which is so cool. I mean, probably one of the most dangerous things you can do in aviation. But I think most of us want to do that type of stuff because we're adrenaline junkies. So it sounds pretty good to me. 
I would totally do it. I mean, doing low-level Shondells all day long, who would not want to do low-level Shondells all day long? I mean... You know Kevin did it? Kevin was an egg pilot? He, and Kevin does all sorts of crazy yeah. things. Of course, Kevin. <laughs> By the way, you know what Kevin also did? He's got like 3,000 hours flying commercial drones for, I think it was General Atomics. So, I mean, he's got a ton of hours flying these big, giant drones remotely, I may say. So... He's like sworn to secrecy and won't tell me any any of his missions or anything crazy like that. Unfortunately, I've always wanted to know, but he's his lips are sealed. All he does is say, "Yeah, I flew drones, big drones." So, but it's pretty neat. So, I'm pretty excited that I know so many people that have flown them. By the way, there is a company called General Atomics, which we've got several friends that either work there or have worked there in the past, and basically you can get a job uh flying drones or being a sensor operator, helping with the drones, and there's also a pretty cool place in the high desert. What they do is they have bonanzas and some high performance airplanes and they chase the drones. They like fly formation with them when they're outside of the regular space because they have to have keep eyesight on these drones at all times. I don't know the legalities in particular about having to keep eyesight on them, but I know like in a commercial drone business, you actually have to keep eyesight on them all the time. So some people have observers. So that's what they do with these drones as far as I know. And we need to probably ask somebody who's done this for a living because I've just kind of talked to them in passing. and I've actually trained some of them on multi-engine stuff. But yeah, they chase the drones so they can keep their eye on these drones, make sure they don't go out of control and uh, probably keep up with all the regulators. Carson, do you know any other legalities that in regard to drones? Yeah, well, I got my, uh, my private pilot certificate and immediately after, as soon as it was valid and uh, it was valid in Niagara, I went and got my drone license. It, it was Pretty easy to do just for my private drone license, not my commercial one. But I did a little bit of studying for it because you had to take um, an exam through FA for it. And as everything in aviation, there's a lot of regulation. So, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but drone operation is a is you know subject just like all other parts of aviation to regulations that are really there to ensure your safety and the privacy of others. So, in the United States, at least, the FA requires drones over 0.55 pounds to be registered. And the pilots must adhere to guidelines like flying below a certain altitude, avoiding no-fly zones like airports, and not invading personal privacy. Uh, you can imagine you don't want a drone flying in your backyard, so that's a given. Uh, you also don't want it too high because, heaven forbid, someone pilots flying and uh, smacks into your drone. It's not a good day for you, especially not for the pilot. And no-fly zones like airports is definitely a given. There's too much movement there, and... If you lose sight of it, the battery dies, it crashes, cause a lot of chaos. So there's quite a few regulations that apply to it. And that being said, it's crucial for drone operators to become familiar with these regulations. And they definitely vary like country, just like all other regulations. But there's one thing that's really big in the United States with the FAA. And that's you need a commercial drone license to fly any drone for commercial purposes. So if you want to make money from it, you have to have a commercial license. Brandon, do you know how to get one of those? Yeah, actually, it kind of it depends on one of two things. Uh, are you already a private pilot or not? If you are a private pilot, it's actually a lot easier. You can go on the FAA safety website and you can take this course. And I don't remember if you get an 80% or 100%, but regardless, it's not that, that difficult. Uh, but you watch the course and you go through it and you do all the stuff, the steps in, involved there. After you do that, you're going to get a certificate. Uh, and then you can take that certificate and you can print it to PDF and save it. And then you go into IACRA. Everyone who doesn't know IACRA, you probably don't have a pilot certificate, so I'll explain that too. So you go into IACRA, and that's how you get your student pilot certificate when you first do that, or when you first learn to fly. 
Um, and it's the system the FAA uses to issue pilot certificates. Uh, so you'd go into IACRA and you would fill out a, they call an 8710 form, uh, which is a pilot certificate application. And you would fill that out to become a commercial drone pilot with already having a private pilot certificate or better. And uh, then you would upload that certificate. And then you have to have a, uh, a flight instructor, uh, CFI, uh, verify a couple things. They have to verify that you completed the course and your identity. And then they can sign off the IACRA application for you. And after they sign off the IACRA application, then you're all finished up and you will get a temporary drone certificate or commercial drone certificate uh, in the mail um, just in a couple of days. And when we say drone certificate or drone license, you don't necessarily have to have one to go fly in your backyard. Uh, you do have to register it if it's over 0.55 pounds, um, but you do not have to, you don't have to have a commercial pilot or commercial drone certificate. The only reason why you need a commercial drone certificate is if you're going to go get paid to do it. So if you want to start your own drone business, and you want to go take pictures of houses or of, I don't know, you want, you want to go do any of those drone things that we just talked about in the podcast, right? Any drone pilot, any stuff. drone piloty stuff. Yeah. It's not just for fun. I'm taking pictures for myself, right? Anything that you got to want to go do and get paid for, you need to have a commercial drone certificate. And that's actually uh, in part 107 of the FAA's regulations. Uh, so I'm just going to mention a few of them, but here's a few of the things that you need to do. You need to be at least 16 years old. You need to be able to read, write, understand, and speak English. You need to be able to submit your uh, application of the FAA after passing your Part 107 exam um, on how to fly a drone uh, responsibly and safely. And you must be physically and mentally fit to fly the drone. So it sounds very similar to flying an airplane, right? And I'll tell you this. Uh, when we say pass the, pass the exam, that's just a written exam. It's the same. It's not the same, but it's very similar to the private pilot written test. So I, I tell a lot of people if they're already kind of on their way to get their pilot certificate. Just wait until they get their pilot certificate and then get the commercial drone certificate because you have to study enough and know enough regulations. I mean, you have to know about, about airspace, you need about drone regulations. You got to make sure you fly under 400 feet. You got to be able to make sure that you know um, where Delta airspace is, all these other things you need to be careful with to, to fly it responsibly and, uh, and, and be mentally fit, obviously, uh, to do so. Uh, there is some problems with this and with all of these regulations that I've seen. For example, if I want to go fly a drone in my backyard right now, uh, I live on the very outskirts of a class delta. Literally over my house is the outskirt of a class delta. And if I go across the street, and by the way, I live in a small cul-de-sac. If I go across the street, my neighbor is not in the class delta airspace. So if I want to go in my backyard and I want to fly a drone, the, if it's a sophisticated one, it will say unable to fly cannot fly even in my own backyard. So, which is kind of, kind of crazy. So I would have to get one of those little toy ones that are like I don't know, quarter of a pound or something, but I couldn't fly anything fun. Even though I wouldn't take it all the way. I wouldn't take it up. I can't even take it in my backyard and go fly it 15 feet above my, above the ground because technically it'd be in a class Delta airspace. I would be breaking the rules. So there are, there are some uh, things that I think need to get kind of tweaked over time. And, uh, for example, if we wanted to get pizza delivered from Domino's and they were doing the drone delivery around here or, or Amazon wanted to deliver some packages to us, which I think will be probably the, the next thing that actually comes up, they've got the, the power to do it and the money to do it. They're going to have severe problems trying to bring packages to homes that are within Delta, Bravos, and Charlie's. I mean, it's just going to happen. It's going to be really difficult to do. And uh, if you look at an aeronautical map, you will see there's airspace literally all over the entire U.S., uh, 
everywhere. <laughs> so it's it's quite difficult to uh, to manage and uh, and figure out. But I think the FA is doing a pretty good job of it so far with Part 107. So we'll let them keep on uh, adding on to things and and making it better over time. Yeah, I think Amazon has enough money they can probably buy a rule change through the government, right? Yeah, I mean they they probably could. Let's hope they can't because that would say a lot for our democracy. Uh, but uh, but I don't know. I've seen worse things happen in government, so nothing would surprise me. But other than that, uh, drones are really awesome. There's there's just so much to them, so many capabilities, so much to do with them. They're fun. I mean, there's definitely a learning curve, especially after you crash your first few RC helicopters into the ground. But when you get to the better ones, then it gets a lot more fun. And there's even communities built around it, around RC plane flying and drone flying and, like Brand said, drone races. So there's a lot to do in aviation with Part 107. Absolutely. And I, I was really excited that you picked this topic today, Carson. By the way, Carson picks the topics every day. <laughs> or he'll give me like three of them. And like, which one do you feel like doing today? And uh, this one seemed like a fun episode. Uh, we both had a rough day uh, today after uh, it was just, you know, after those long holiday weeks. Uh, that's where we didn't we didn't upload an episode. We were spending time with our families last week, which we hope everyone appreciated. Um, we like to we like to spend time with family over at Stratus. We call everybody the Stratus family on purpose, so we try to give everyone time off as needed, and, and uh, we even take special holidays and time off for our birthdays and all sorts of fun stuff that just makes it more of a family atmosphere. So we spent time doing that last week. But I let Carson always pick the ideas, and I just kind of pick from them based on our mood. And today we just had a rough day because of the holiday weekend and uh, trying to get caught back up with everything. Uh, this seemed like a fun one to do. And, it sure raised my happiness levels from where it was at just an hour ago when we when we met up to, to where we're at now. I wasn't smiling or laughing before, but for some reason, just doing this always makes me smile and always always makes me laugh, especially when I get to use my uh, my soundboard that everyone uh, has to love. And if you don't, I'm sorry, I'm I'm still gonna love it. So I, I gotta get some customers. He's not gonna. I'm stop. not gonna stop, even if somebody complains. I'm not probably not gonna stop and be like, I'm sorry, we lost you as a listener, and uh, and then I'll just click the cheering button. Uh, and next. <laughs> <laughs> but the cheering is really for all the listeners who love us and and we really appreciate you listening to us like always and uh we actually just hit over fifty-five thousand downloads uh, a couple days ago and that actually happened really quick because we hit fifty thousand after a year and 10 percent uh more in just a couple weeks so we're on our way uh, uh to more listeners and we thank you all for listening to us uh, every single time and as always if you want to reach out to either one of us you can reach us on our emails uh, for me, it's Brandon at AviationMentors.com. And for Carson, it's Carson at AviationMentors.com. And also, don't forget to hit that follow and like button on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on. It really helps us grow. It really helps get the uh, the word out about uh, helping other aviators and future aviators in our community. Uh, so thank you so much for helping us grow the podcast and uh, grow our aviation community. And I uh, can't wait to, uh, to talk to you guys again. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.